0: Good afternoon, and thanks so much for joining us today for Managing to Make a Difference. I'm Kimberly Shirk. I'll be your moderator for today's show. I'm joined, as always, by co-authors Larry Sternberg and Dr. Kim Turnage. They are our experts on management techniques, the research behind them, and why effectively implementing them can really make a difference in your organization. So today's topic for discussion is Emphasize the Why. It's described in Chapter 20 of Managing to Make a Difference, And um, I'm excited about today. I think it's going to be one of my all-time favorite episodes. And um, uh, what automatically jumps to mind is a story that Larry has shared with many of us, and it always resonates with me. So I definitely want him to be able to share it with all of you as well. So it involves bricklayers. So Larry, would you like to share that story to kick us off?
1: Yes, unlike most of my stories, which are 100% true, this particular story, is a hypothetical, and it's been told for many, many, many years, but it really applies to making sure that you're emphasizing the why. So the story goes like this. There are three men laying bricks, and they're building a wall. And so you've got to visualize one man is working on one end of the wall on the very end, Another one is working on the very other end of the wall, and one is working near the middle of the wall, and they're all three doing exactly the same task. They're laying bricks, and a stranger comes up to the man on the left side of the wall, the left end, and says, "What are you guys doing?" And the the bricklayer looks at him and he says, "Well, I am bricks. What does it look like we're doing?" And the stranger says, "Thank you." And he goes to the man working in the middle. And the man, he says, what are you doing? And the man says, my two associates and I are building a brick wall. It's going to be 50 feet tall. It's going to be load bearing. There are very few masons alive today who have the skill to do this with excellence. And I'm very proud that I was selected to be one of the people to build this wall. And the stranger says, thank you. And he goes to the man on the far right. And he says, what are you doing? And the man says, my two associates and I are building a church where people can worship the Lord. Now, the the moral of this story is to recognize that all three men are working on the same project. They have a different concept for why they're doing what they're doing. And so the one on the left who views his job as just laying bricks. He's just doing a task. There really isn't any why there. there he, he's just doing a task. And I assure you, on a day when the weather isn't so good or he has a small headache, or it, he, he might not drag himself to work. He's getting no meaning out of his work at all. The, the man in the middle is, is oriented toward his, his ego, Uh, He has pride in his work and he's proud to be working on this and we want people to have pride in their work and we, we want them to understand what they do well and celebrate those things. And so he feels pretty good and maybe very good about coming to work every day and performing a job at a high level of excellence. The man all the way on the right is the man who really understands the why this man understands that what they're doing is going to make a difference in people's life. And he understands how it's going to make a difference. And I I suggest to you that what this story is telling us is something that people who are studying millennials are, are emphasizing that millennials have more of a need to understand the meaning of what they're doing, to understand the way that they're making a difference in the world and the way that their company is making a difference in the world. They wanna be associated with something that is meaningful at that level. But frankly, in my opinion, I have no research, in my opinion, it's not just millennials who benefit from that. It's any person doing a job If they don't understand how they're making a difference, they don't understand the why of the job, they're missing an important element of satisfaction that can come with doing the job well, and that will result in lesser engagement and and less motivation. And I, I experienced this as I look back on my career. I realized that at one point, I was that guy on the left. I was the bricklayer who was just doing a task. This dates back to uh, 1967 when I was a cook in a hotel. And if somebody had asked me, you know, Larry, what are you doing? I was like that guy all the way on the left. I was like that bricklayer. I I would have said, I'm cooking food. What does it look like I'm doing? And, And I didn't have anybody in my life who would have the following conversation with me. I was working in a resort hotel in the Adirondack Mountains, by the way. Uh, That's where I was a cook. And I wish somebody had said to me, Larry, why do you think people come to a resort hotel, any resort hotel? And after some conversation, that person could have helped me have the insight that the reason people take a holiday or a vacation and go to a resort hotel is to get out of their daily routine and, uh, you know, and de-stress and relax and have some fun and worthwhile experiences that's helping them de-stress and relax. And that's, you know, that's what vacations are for. And I, I wish that that person would have continued the conversation and helped me understand the following. Larry, it's possible that meal you're cooking right now, that dinner you're cooking is for a husband and wife. And maybe they're here because they were having problems in their marriage. And a wise friend said to them, you know what? Why don't you guys go take a vacation, get out of this daily routine, and get in a place where you're not distracted by the normal distractions of life and, and work on your relationship with each other. So here, you've just cooked a bad meal. The meal gets served. The wife complains and the husband looks at the wife and says, you know, we come here to relax and work on our marriage and all you do is bitch, bitch, bitch. Whole marriage could be down the tubes because I cooked a bad meal. And the moral of that story is that that's not so far-fetched. When you first hear it, you might say, oh, well, that's that's a pretty far-fetched, you're, you're really reaching there. But it's not. And it's not because... We never know what kind of a gesture we might make that makes a difference in somebody else's life. And I, so nobody helped me understand the meaning of my work, that the way I cooked that food had a material impact on the guests who had come there for a wonderful experience and that meal could in fact make a difference. In their life and so I'm getting I'm using the word moral the story a lot and I apologize for that but here's what to understand about that type of a situation employees don't figure out the meaning by themselves they need a manager who is going to help them understand what the meaning is beyond the task. How am I making a difference? How am I making a difference on this team? How am I making a difference in the lives of our customers? Uh, and, and once, it, because I would've cooked the food differently. I assure you, if somebody had helped me understand that this was meaningful work that could make a difference in somebody's life, I w- would have cooked that food differently. And it would've felt differently to me while I was doing it. So uh, the importance of helping people understand the meaning and the insight that they are not just going to get this on their own, that the manager has to help people understand this. And so here's, a, here's another illustration. I, I, I'm going to give this illustration. We're going to come up to the break and we'll be able to continue. When I was uh, general manager of uh, large hotels, there's a group of people in those hotels who wash the dishes and the pots and mop the floors and take care of the garbage. And in the hotel business, that department is called the stewarding department. And there's there's always a, a chief steward. And there's a number of people in there. And And tragically, they are often treated as unimportant individuals in the scheme of things in the hotel. They're lowly people. They wash the dishes and the pots. But I can tell you If you ask in my hotel, if you ask one of those people what they were doing, what they got paid to do, they would stand up a little straighter and they would say to you, I am in charge of the health of everybody who eats in one of our restaurants. If I don't do my job right, people are going to get sick. If I don't do my job right, the chefs won't have the pots and pans and other equipment to prepare the food. If I don't do my job right, the entire restaurant operation will come to a screaming halt because they won't have China glass and silver for the guests. So I'm in charge of health. And by the way, when I have to mop up a spill, I'm in charge of the safety of all of my friends who are working here right now so that they won't slip and fall. And the garbage, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't work in the hotel business, you just have never had the occasion to think about the amount of garbage that is generated on a daily basis from a large luxury hotel. It's a lot. And if that garbage isn't managed properly, the entire community can get sick. It's 95 degrees today where we're from Lincoln, Nebraska, where where Kim Shirk and I are doing this broadcast. And I assure you, when that garbage goes out to the dumpster, Uh, That 95 degree weather is not doing good things to it. So these individuals realize the meaning of their work, but they wouldn't have gotten there on their own. They wouldn't have gotten there unless me and the other managers in the hotel had explained to them the meaning of their work and started treating them with the respect and dignity that they deserved.
0: Kim, quick thoughts as we, um, we, we have just about two minutes before our break, but, um, but when you think about emphasizing the why, uh, what jumps to mind? What are some things that when we get back from our break that you'll really want to touch on?
2: I want to talk about a story that was just uh, an article that was just in Harvard Business Review today that's about this very topic. Um, And it's titled, Use Stories from Customers to Highlight Your Company's Purpose. So this topic is super relevant, um, and I want to give a story out of that article that I read just this morning. And I also want to talk about my own experience with the why and how, for me, it started a lot earlier than it did for Larry and why that's true
0: that's great okay so we will be back in just a minute to be talking about chapter 20 of the book managing to make a difference called emphasize the why but we do want to encourage you to visit our website at manage to make you're going to find additional materials that we talk about exercises that go along with what we talk about during these podcasts as well as all the information you might need to order books for you and for your team so we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back
3: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Asked to manage your teams but wonder when or how? Join Talent Plus on-site with us or at your corporate office for a seminar built just for you. Leadership Toolbox focuses on individual engagement, talent and fit, team dynamics and growth, and creating a strength-based culture. This interactive, seminar-style format is just the set of tools you need for world-class team performance starting now. Reserve your spot today at talentplus.com. When managers make a significant impact, their teams are engaged, motivated, and excited. They love what they do. When those people work for you, you get results. Results matter, and people drive results. At Talent Plus, we've assessed millions of people over decades using our rigorous science to predict successful on-the-job performance and cultural fit with an organization's mission, vision, and values.
0: Welcome back to Managing to Make a Difference with Larry Sternberg and Dr. Kim Turnage. We are super excited to be talking about Chapter 20 in the book of Managing to Make a Difference called Emphasize the Why. And in the first segment, we really explored a couple of stories that just exemplify the meaning of your work and whether it is really, whether you really have a task-oriented mentality Whether you really have a a pride mentality about the task that you're doing and maybe a slightly bigger picture or whether you really understand how you're making a significant difference. So I know before the break, Kim, you mentioned that you have a story and you really want to focus on a couple of clients and customer testimonials. So um, I'm going to let you just take it away. All right. Well, I'll start by
2: connecting back to the story Larry told about, you know, being a 17-year-old cook in a hotel and having his manager help him understand why his work mattered. You know, maybe that couple is, their marriage is on the rocks and they're going out to dinner and how this dinner goes could make or break the marriage. It's not that far-fetched, as Larry said, and it's a huge why. And, Thinking about his work in that way motivated him to get it right every single time on every single order because he didn't want to create something for people who might have something going on in their relationship over that meal. But when I heard him tell that story, I was thinking to myself, well, when did it become important for me? When did I see the why? And I realized it's hard for me to pinpoint it. Because for two reasons. One is that I was always the child who wouldn't do anything without a good reason. <laughs> so I asked why all the time. And God love my parents. I think they sort of got used to it and tolerated it and started to use it in a positive way. My dad was a manager uh, at IBM many years ago. And he was one of the finest managers and coaches I've ever known. Um, he, he received numerous awards and much recognition for his work as a manager his people loved him and he brought that home and i i can't remember a time you know i i would put it at 10 when i know for sure that my dad was always laying out everything within this larger context of why you know what's the long-term goal What are we going to achieve if we do this? How is it going to impact other people? That was just always part of the dialogue in my home. And what I was thinking when Larry was telling his story, and Larry, I'd like to hear you ring in on this, but my sense is that once you start to see the world through the lens of why, you can't unsee it anymore. Like you just have to get to that point. Because you, it clicks, and that's just where you are.
1: Well, yes, and one of the, one of the outcomes that occurs is not merely that you want to get your job right, but it, it evokes additional things that you might do for that customer, uh, for that person you're serving, that you might you you wouldn't have thought of if you weren't viewing it through the lens of why. So it goes beyond just doing your 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 job with excellence for the right reason. It it you also think well, gee, if that's why I'm here, if I'm here to make that kind of a positive difference in someone's life, I can also do X and Y. Mm-hmm
2: and make it even better for the yeah. people that I'm there to serve, for my why. And that's a that's a great um, segue into the story I wanted to tell from the article I read um, from Harvard Business Review that was just posted this morning on their website. Um, Use stories from customers to highlight your company's purpose is the title of the article. And in that article, there's a story about a Lyft meeting that was an all-hands-on-deck um, employee meeting for Lyft, where a um, woman stood on stage and told the story of the Lyft driver who picked up her daughter um, who needed to get out very quickly from a violent roommate situation. And that Lyft driver went so far above and beyond being just a driver because that person went in and helped her pack and stayed with her at where she was going and helped her unpack her belongings into a hotel room. And it made such a huge difference for that young woman and for her family, who I can assume weren't there to help her and wanted to be and couldn't be. And as a mother... The impact that that driver was able to make, that's the why, and that's the inspiration for all of those Lyft drivers.
0: Kim, when you share that story, um, it brings to mind for me uh, my background as a journalist. And one of the things that really dawned on me, even as we were preparing for this podcast, was the importance of storytelling. And um, so a question that you asked Larry earlier, just um, once your eyes have been open to that, can you ever undo that perspective? And for me, the answer is absolutely not. I have spent so much of my career hearing the stories of other people and knowing how they impact down the road and make ripple effects that, um, that, that client testimonial, that sharing of stories and that significant impact means so much more to me than any data points, any numbers, any, um, other kinds of metrics. Uh, and that's, that's just a personal thing, but it it really dawns on me that when you're emphasizing the why to me, it raises the bar. So when I understand the why of something, I am going to put that much more effort into it if I, you know, of course, if I believe in the why behind it. And I just, it raises the bar. And so, um, you know, I'm a little bit of a grammar geek, but I love the word emphasize the why. You know, we didn't say explain the why, but emphasize, emphasize the importance behind what you're doing. And that's what, that's what it came to mind.
1: Yeah, what's coming up for me right now is an organization, a uh, healthcare organization called Cancer Treatment Centers of America. They One of their techniques for ensuring that they're emphasizing the why is that at every meeting of the board of directors, they invite a patient to come and tell their story. And what a great way to keep the board of directors connected with the mission of the organization and and getting this feedback unfiltered directly from a patient and that's how they start out every single board meeting what uh, that's in my opinion that's just brilliant because if more of us in business can get the perspective of the customers where they're telling their story. And again, it's the power of storytelling where they're telling their story. It's not a questionnaire. It's, you know, it's not a survey. It's, it's a human being telling their story about how they've been served and what a difference has been made in their life by, uh, by the services uh, given by the organization. And I hope that Lyft tells that story forever. That, you know, every person who gets in a Lyft car is doing that because there's something going on in their life and they need to get from point A to point B. They're just not riding around for no reason at all. They're they're, they're trying to accomplish something in their life. And sometimes it's as profound as the, the woman in, in the story that Kim Turnage told, uh, the Harvard Business Review told. And sometimes it's, I've got to get to my grandmother's 50th wedding anniversary. I've got to get somewhere because there's something I want to accomplish in my life. And if the driver can have the right kind of conversation and know the why of that person getting in their, in their car... They're going to be able to help them possibly uh, beyond just giving them a ride from, from point A to point B. Other things will come up and, and they will do it with a particular attitude, with a, with a particular heart uh, in the way they render that service. So if that were my organization, I would be not only collecting that story, I would be collecting other stories that really allow us to emphasize how we make a difference in people's lives.
2: I think it's Larry. I'm so glad. Oh, I'm sorry, Kim. No, Larry, I'm ahead. so glad that you mentioned that CTCA story, that Cancer Treatment Centers of America story because for our listeners, they also happen to be a client of the company that we all work for Talent Plus. And what we do for them is to help them select the best people to join their company. And I recall a time 18 years ago when a cancer survivor who had been a CTCA patient came and spoke at our annual meeting about her experience with Cancer Treatment Centers of America. And how that changed my own perception of the why for my work. So it's almost like this can go multiple levels down um, through all of your business partnerships and all kinds of places to help people get a sense of what the bigger why is.
0: Absolutely. I, th- I- I think, I think part of that is discretionary effort too, right? What we're talking about is mm-hmm. when you emphasize the why, what kind of discretionary effort are you pulling out of your teammates and your, your team as a whole to move things forward? So, well, we're going to take another quick break. Uh, we will be right back with more insight from Larry and Kim. Um, this is all coming from the book Managing to Make a Difference, and we really do hope that you pick up your own copy Um, if you want to purchase copies for your entire team and we highly encourage this you can go online at 800 ceo reads Um, you can even do it for a corporate event and put some customizing it with some corporate company branding things like that so consider not just reading it for yourself but for your entire management team stay tuned for more insight on emphasizing the why and we'll be right back
3: Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. When managers make a significant impact, their teams are engaged, motivated, and excited. They love what they do. When those people work for you, you get results. Results matter and people drive results. At Talent Plus, we've assessed millions of people over decades using our rigorous science to predict successful on-the-job performance and cultural fit with an organization's mission, vision, and values. sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right up-to-date business and financial news call now and get the financial information you need 866-472-5790 866-472-5790 the experts are here voice america business network
0: and thanks again for joining us today for Managing to Make a Difference. Uh, We've been talking about Chapter 20 in the book Managing to Make a Difference and the chapter title is Emphasize the Why. It's just one of the chapters from this recently released book and you can order your copies today on ManageToMakeADifference.com for yourself or your entire team. So we get excited about sharing that with you. We are excited about some of the publicity the book is getting as well as this podcast. So be sure and pick up your copy today. Uh, So what we've been talking about is emphasizing the why, and um, we shared another client story about Lyft in this last segment, and we really kind of segued into discretionary effort, and Kim, I know that you wanted to share a little bit more about that. Yeah, you
2: mentioned discretionary effort, and it occurred to me that some of our listeners might not know exactly what we mean by that, but it's very simple. It's just that going above and beyond. It's that Willingness to do more than what's required to serve people that much better. And we're gonna, we have a whole show that's gonna be about discretionary effort here in another four or five episodes. So hopefully they'll come back for that. But it's a great tie to understand what you get when you emphasize the why. When you help people understand why their work matters, how it impacts other people, you trigger their desire to exert discretionary effort, they have a higher willingness to go above and beyond because they know how much it matters if they do.
0: Kim, that kind of reminds me that, you know, you've, you've given feedback, you and Larry both, to so many of our clients here at Talent Plus. And um, one of the things that we really consider in terms of leadership potential is that conceptualization theme. So how do you see that playing out when you're when you're sharing feedback with our clients?
1: Larry, do you Kip, take the lead on that
2: one?
1: Well, I just want—I'm going to set the—I'm going to set the context, and and then I'm going to ask you to jump in. The the context of feedback at all. What are we talking about here? One of the things, one of the services we provide to clients at Talent Plus is we help senior executives understand their own gifts and understand how to make the highest and best use of those gifts in pursuit of their goals and in pursuit of the mission of their organization. So when we use the word feedback, we're talking about having done an analysis of the individual to understand these things and then uh, giving them feedback about what we have, what we see in them, and it becomes a conversation conversation. So that's a form of consulting that Talent Plus offers to senior executives. And and so I just wanted to make sure that our listeners had the context for how we were using those words. And and what Kim Shirk was mentioning was one of the one of the characteristics that we talk about, and we just with senior executives, we, we happen to call it conceptualization, which can be oversimplified as abstract thinking about what the company is doing, what they're doing, et cetera, et cetera. So um, what was your question?
0: So I, I kind of went back to the fact that when we're talking to someone about their leadership potential, we really rise to the, to talking about that conceptualization theme and examining it. And so I, I think, Kim, just from your experience, how have you seen that play out in, in real life situations
2: well, I, I think that, that getting to the why is something a leader, every leader needs to be able to do. Some people are going to do it more naturally, and if we're coaching someone who does it very naturally, it's a simple thing to say to them. Take what is already in your head about why you do what you do And just make sure that you articulate it for other people. If you're not doing that now, here are some ways you can do it. If you're already doing it, keep doing it and do more of it. And we talk a lot, one of the specific strategies we give people for doing that is storytelling, which is what we've been talking about throughout this entire uh, show. And so that's how that ties in. For people for whom it's a less natural way for them to think and go, the coaching isn't really all that different. It's just backed up a couple steps to give them some prompts and encourage them to do some self-reflection and be intentional about defining the why for themselves so that they can then articulate it clearly for the people that they lead through some of those Strategies like storytelling. Um, but either way, we, we're going to get to it in different ways. But the core competency that we're hoping we can get leaders to use day to day is emphasizing the why.
1: There's, uh, I'm just thinking of yet another story. Uh, this one is a, another true story. And in talking about the why, this occurred at the Ritz-Carlton, Washington, D.C. And as it happens, there is a hotel that has that sign on the door, but this was the previous hotel that happened to be called the Ritz-Carlton, Washington, D.C. And I I was staying in the hotel. And I got on the elevator with uh, another gentleman and he was a little bit older than me and uh, I said good morning to him and I smiled at him and he didn't even acknowledge my existence and the elevator went down a few floors and a Ritz-Carlton employee got on the elevator and smiled at both of us and said good morning gentlemen I said good morning and the other gentleman in the in the elevator just went "Mm." and we we the elevator stopped at the lobby to let us both out. And it so happened that those were the days where you could still smoke in, in uh, a hotel. And, uh, they had an ash urn, the people who are old enough to remember there were ash urns at, at every elevator. So you could put your cigarette out, uh, in the ash urn before you got in the elevator. And there was one of those right there. And it so happened an employee, a lobby attendant, was uh, taking care of that Ashern that was right there at the elevator in the lobby. And when we, when the door opened and we started to get off, she smiled at us and said, good morning. And at this point, this, this other gentleman kind of gruffly said, good morning. And we both were walking out the door. It was all coincidental. We got to the door. The doorman gave us a big smile. And he said, good morning, gentlemen. It's a wonderful day. I hope you have a great day. And at this point, this other gentleman smiled and said, good morning. And smiling is one of the things that hotel employees are supposed to do. They're supposed to smile at guests. And here's my reflection on that. We started at the top floor. It took about four of us to get this guy to smile. And I don't know what our listeners believe, but I believe that a person's attitude has a lot to do with whether they accomplish their goals. And I don't know what that man was there to accomplish, but it was Washington, D.C. And for all we know, he was there to get funding for a hospital in your community. And whatever he was there to do, just because those employees smiled and said good morning warmly and sincerely. We turned his attitude from where he got on that elevator and we contributed to the likelihood that whatever he was there to do, he was more likely to accomplish those goals. And we know what a difference that makes.
2: Larry, I'm so glad you mentioned the Ritz-Carlton. I was actually thinking of them earlier, and I was thinking of, of something that has just stuck with me for years that was a motto at the Ritz-Carlton many years ago, and maybe it is still now: Ladies and gentlemen, serving ladies and gentlemen. And it's a very simple statement, but it's so powerful because it defines the why. It defines who are we? We're ladies and gentlemen. Who are we serving? Ladies and gentlemen, what are we doing? serving, right? And it puts the employees on the same level as the people that they're serving. And in the Ritz-Carlton, they do not live on the same socioeconomic level. The people who work in those hotels are not of this, they don't live in the same neighborhoods, they don't drive the same cars, they don't have the same issues and concerns that their customers do. And It puts them on the same level with them and empowers them to do exactly what you just described.
1: And I'm going to make the attribution to that slogan. The attribution goes to Mr. Horst Schultze, the legendary COO of Ritz-Carlton, and he first used that concept and that phrase uh, in a thesis he wrote in school. So I want to thank him. He's he's taught many of us so much about leadership and management. And I want to thank him for that concept that really did make a difference in a lot of lives. Ladies and gentlemen, serving ladies and gentlemen.
0: I think what comes to mind is a question, and maybe it's just playing devil's advocate. What is the danger in not emphasizing the why?
1: The danger is lack of engagement. The danger is lack of employee satisfaction. When you remove the meaning from what somebody is doing and they're just doing a task, this is, uh, this, th- this destroys your soul. If all you're doing is a task, you're not significant as a human being. I mean, it's, it's, it's completely debilitating and unfortunately, it's, it happens in so many instances so that's that's one of the reasons this chapter is in the book. It's one of the main ways a manager can make a difference in the lives of his or her employees is to make sure that they're talking about the why and in, in, imbuing the work with the meaning for the right reasons and in the right way. Otherwise, wow, man, I'll tell you. People just become discouraged, and the morale is not good, and and uh, it's just bad all the way around.
2: Well, to go all the way back to where we started this conversation, to the story of the bricklayers, the danger of not emphasizing the why is that everybody's just a bricklayer. Maybe maybe nobody's even building a wall, but certainly nobody's building a cathedral. And, and that's the danger, is that everybody's just a bricklayer. And bricklayers are replaceable. And bricklayers will leave where they are now to go make ten cents an hour or more to lay brick somewhere else. But people who are working for the why have a much different emotional connection and commitment to what they're doing.
1: And that's one of the reasons it's so important to the extent you can to collect stories from customers. Because that, when you hear it from a customer, it is so much more powerful than hearing it from your boss. So if you're a manager, do what you can do to make sure people are hearing from customers how they're making a difference. No,
0: you know, I think that's, that's a the, real great point there. Just... Um, just a connection outside of the building, even sometimes, just that reconnection with the significance of why you're doing amidst the daily tasks is really important.
1: You, you know, it's making me remember back when, when I was in the hotel business, uh, a guest was checking out and somehow just while he was in that transaction, uh, employees, uh, employees found out that his three-year-old granddaughter was having a birthday the next day, and they ran and got him a stuffed animal out of the gift shop and said, here, tell your granddaughter happy birthday. That probably meant more to him than anything else we had done for him while he was <laughs> in the hotel. So um, uh, I I think it's it's time to go to a break here
0: let's take a quick break here you know if you do have a question related to this topic or any other management issue we always want to hear from you so just click that email host button and we will be right back
3: voice america business network the bottom line in business Reserve your spot today at talentplus.com. When managers make a significant impact, their teams are engaged, motivated, and excited. They love what they do. When those people work for you, you get results. Results matter. And people drive results. At Talent Plus, we've assessed millions of people over decades using our rigorous science to predict successful on-the-job performance and cultural fit with an organization's mission, vision, and values.
0: Welcome back to Managing to Make a Difference with Larry Sternberg and Dr. Kim Turnage. Larry and Kim, we've covered a great deal today about the impact of emphasizing the why and the impact that it can have on the outcomes and really mindset of a team. Uh, what about the individual as a whole? And also, what have we missed? What, what special points are you um, thinking we really need to share
1: today? Well, Kim, you want to start this one off?
2: Well, I want to go back just for a moment and kind of reemphasize something we ended on in the last segment that took us back to stories we were talking about in the segment before that where and tie it together because when we, Larry, you were talking about the customer stories really being so much more powerful for the why than just your manager telling you the why. And you're absolutely right. And earlier in the, in the show, we shared stories about, LIFT and Cancer Treatment Centers of America. And when you can hear the stories about how your work impacts the people you serve, that's the why. And it creates that discretionary effort. It creates that emotional commitment to what you do. So as you said, as a manager, collect and curate those stories. And I think it would be nice if we spent just a couple minutes helping people think about How they can do that? How do you find those stories? And then how do you keep telling them?
1: Well, if you you start paying attention to what's going on, you will find that those stories are not so rare. You will find, if you're looking for those stories, how did we make a positive difference in someone's life? You will find in any business that there are plenty of stories along those lines. I uh, I happen to know somebody who works in a convenience store, a uh, typical convenience store. It's a gas station, and you can go in, in the store and buy you know food and and groceries and things of the sort. I mean, a very typical uh, convenience store. And uh, this person tells me all kinds of stories, but they have regular customers who come in. And they learn their names and they, they learn things about these customers. And some of them uh, work construction and they stop in in the morning and they get a donut and a cup of coffee. And, and you can make a difference in that person's life. It, it's, it's, like the, uh, it's like the theme song from that old comedy Cheers. Sometimes you want to go where everybody <laughs> knows your name. You, you, there's a lot of people who go in there. Because the employees in that particular convenience store do in fact know the names of their regular customers. They're happy to see them. And it makes a difference in that person's morning. It doesn't have to be the difference you make in somebody's life on, on any given moment. doesn't have to be, you know, earth-shaking and life-changing and monumental. It, it can be small and it can be positive. Uh, and you can, you can make that difference Kind of Every time you're interacting with somebody. So if you're looking for this, you will find those kinds of stories. And then you can ask the customer, hey, would you mind talking about this? And it doesn't have to be recorded. It doesn't have to, you know, there, you don't have to worry about copyrights and royalties and, you know, all that stuff. You, you can make notes and you can say, here's what a customer said to me. Um, I, this... Uh, This is probably, uh, experts uh, would probably tell me not to tell the following story here, but uh, this happened to Kim Turnage and I. This is a podcast about the book, Managing to Make a Difference. And I got an email from somebody who was reading the book. And as a result of reading the book, he asked his wife to read a particular chapter and they talked about that chapter and he this he emails me this. And as a result of that, reading that chapter, they decided that they were going to change how they're dealing with their son. And that to me is so much more important than how many books we might sell or any of those related metrics. The fact that we made a difference in three people's lives right there, the husband, the wife, and the son. Uh, that's why Kim Turnage and I wrote this book in the first place, is to make that kind of difference. So I don't have that on an audio. I don't have it on a video. I can't play it for you on YouTube. But it did happen. And when I got that email, I immediately called Kim Turnage and said, guess what? You know." And I told that story. So when you're looking for these stories, you will find them. I absolutely guarantee you.
0: Kim, any final thoughts on emphasizing the why today before we wrap up? I think you were right, Kim, when
2: we started the show and you said this is going to be a great show and I think it's going to be one of my favorites. Um, I'm going to go along with you on that one. It's one of my favorites, too. Um, I think that particularly as a manager, let's go back to you're managing people start with the people who think like this anyway, right? Help them articulate it. Let them be part of the process of bringing these stories to life and emphasizing the why in your organization or on your team and see how it spreads. They're going to latch onto it immediately and it's going to be highly motivating for them. And it's going to be even more of a motivating for your team as a whole for how they're going to perform. You know, bringing this back to what's the practical result, what's the outcome. That's what's going to happen.
0: I I think we see effects of that around here every day. And so we thank you again so much for joining us today and sharing all of your insight. Next week's podcast is called Meet People's Needs, and that should be another fun one. It brings about a million questions to my mind. So I hope that you will join us again next week. Until then, thanks for joining us, for managing to make a difference. Make sure you pick up your copy of the book You can go to Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or that 800-CEO-READS if you want to get it for your entire team. And until next week, I hope you manage to make a difference in all of your organizations. Thanks for joining us.
3: Thank you for joining us for Managing to Make a Difference with Talent Plus's Larry Sternberg and Dr. Kim Turnage. We hope these real-life management examples will help you manage teams across the globe. Just a reminder, this series airs on Voice America, the business channel, each Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. We hope you'll tune in next week for Managing to Make a Difference. Until then, put these practices into place and manage to make a difference.